Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 258 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So what the heck does our nervous system have to do with our running? Turns out pretty much everything because our nervous system controls all of the processes that happen in our body and sometimes it gets dysregulated. So today we're talking about how to regulate your nervous system to improve your running. This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, you guys. So again, we are in for a treat today. We have Ariana Fotonakis on the podcast, who is a coach. She's a breathwork facilitator, and she helps people to learn how to regulate their nervous system so that they can achieve amazing things in their lives. And today we really got down and talked about how this affects us as runners. Ariana was a runner herself and experienced some very interesting symptoms, including IT band syndrome and fatigue and burnout. And she was able to heal her body using some of the tools that she's going to talk to us about today. And I just think that this episode is so, so important with the culture that we live in today with all of the information that is coming at us on a daily basis and how busy we all are. It is so important to recognize the role that our nervous system plays in the way that we feel, in the way that our running goes, in pretty much everything that we do in our lives. And so this is a super important episode for us as runners, but really just for us as human beings. And you guys will connect with Ariana's energy and how she uses and, and shares some very, very powerful tools with us that we can use to help improve how we feel, how we show up, and how our body feels and the results that we get in our running. So enjoy this episode with Ariana Fotonakis. All right, Real Life Runners, welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to have somebody a little bit different on the podcast today. This is not um, who we typically talk to, and I definitely want to be doing, start doing more of these expert um, style interviews, but we have someone on the podcast today who's going to help us understand our nervous system better, which you might be asking yourself, as a runner, why do I need to worry about my nervous system? But you know, it is so important for us to understand our bodies as a whole. And as runners, we tend to think about our musculoskeletal system, our cardiovascular system, and a lot of us kind of neglect the nervous system, but the nervous system is what is in control of everything that happens in our body. So today we have Ariana Fotonakis on the podcast to help us understand our nervous system, understand how our ner- nervous system might be affecting us as runners um, and how we can help to regulate our own nervous system to, so that we can start getting better results. We can start feeling better. We can start getting better performance results in our training. Um, and so I'm super excited to have her here today. Welcome, Ariana. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, thanks, Angie. I'm so grateful to be here. So to start out, can you just give us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, who are you and what do you do and who do you like to help? Yeah, totally. So my name's Ariana. Um, I would say right now, first and foremost, I'm a mama. It's a, it's a new role that I'm playing. It's one I'm very, very grateful to be. Congratulations. How old's the baby? She's eight months old. Oh, such a fun age. 
Totally. So yeah, you know, outside of being mama, um, I'm also a coach and a breathwork facilitator. And I have two main demographics of folks that I work with, but a really big part of my work that I love is supporting folks with uh, the power of breathwork and using different somatic practices to support their nervous systems. And, you know, as you said in the beginning, Angie, our nervous system governs every aspect of our lives. And so what I found is that Moving from simply helping folks taking care of their bodies through fitness and nutrition, which I used to do as a personal trainer, and now taking things deeper into the role of the nervous system, we're able to really help folks experience um, greater results in their lives and in their wellness efforts. That's really, really cool. So how did you kind of get into this area? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was a personal trainer and I did that for eight or nine years, eight years, I think. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, I unknowingly discovered breathwork. I was at a mastermind retreat with my coach and I saw this breathwork thing on the itinerary and I was like, okay, cool. We're going to do some breathing exercises. Yeah. And we, when it was time to do breathwork, we were laying on the ground and they gave us towels to put over our faces in case we started crying. And I was like, I'm not going to cry. Why would I cry? And I ended up crying, had the biggest emotional release I've ever had in my entire life. And it was one of the most intense and most powerful experiences of my life. So I actually got into breath work because of the emotional side of things. When I experienced that, I was like, I have no idea what just happened, but I need to learn more about this. And eventually I knew it was going to be something that would come into my work. And through my process of becoming trained as a breath work facilitator, I started to notice benefits in my body. So I was dealing with a lot of hormonal imbalances for seven years. My menstrual cycle was like all over the place, painful, uncomfortable. Um, I would have no period for months at a time. And after doing breath work on a daily basis for three months, I suddenly had a four week cycle that was symptom free. I was shocked because I had done all of the things through, um, you know, different herbal remedies with naturopaths and traditional Chinese medicine doctors. And then the real kicker for me was I decided to go out for a run one day and I had also been dealing with ITBS. So iliotibial band syndrome for the same length of time as I was dealing with those hormonal imbalances. Mm -hmm. Again, did everything, all the physio, the chiro, the acupuncture, the injections and all the practitioners were like, I don't know, like everything should be working. <laughs> you gotta love that answer. Like, but it's not totally right. And I, I went out for a run and I had a pain-free run and I was like, okay, what is this wizard? Wait a second. Wait a second. I've just been breathing. <laughs> like, and all yeah. of a sudden, like your body's like reset itself. It sounds Totally. And so when I started to notice those physical benefits, I was like, okay, there's something to this here. Like, let's look at what's happening to the body and not just in the emotional and energetic realm, which is important, but like, I was fascinated from the physiological standpoint. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then what happened? Uh, then I continued to run until I got pregnant. When I got pregnant, it just didn't feel great. Um, but you know, it's, it's been really fascinating understanding how our bodies respond to our external stimuli. Mm -hmm. And what's, we hear so often these days that we need to calm down. We just need to reduce the stressors in our lives. You know, 
our modern world is, is stressful in and of itself, even if you have a relatively chill life. You know, we've got all of the environmental toxins, we've got all the stimulation, and then we add on, say, a busy career, family life, uh, then we layer in what's happened to our collective over the last two years, mm-hmm. and folks are dealing with a lot of stress. And this suggestion of like, let's just take stressors away, it, it, it's not really feasible. Yeah. And so what I started to look at was like, how can I help first myself, but then also my clients expand our capacity to deal with the stress that's here Mm -hmm. so that we can become more resilient and bounce back when life knocks us down as it inevitably continues to. So that became a really big part of my work through breath work and clients who were feeling like lack of motivation to like work out or to get themselves up and, you know, doing the things that they said they knew that they should be doing Yeah. Um, by supporting their bodies through the level of the nervous system. We were able to get them to actually go and do those things. We were able to get them to calm down and not be in such an activated state. That's amazing. Like, I think that that is so powerful because like you said, there is this just collective state of stress that we're all in right now. Right. And just removing stress is not possible. Like it just, you can't just start taking stress out of our life. Stress is like a normal part of the human experience. Right. And I think that that advice can be so damaging to us also, right? Like, Oh, just like calm down. Like you said, you know, just calm down or just like remove the stressors from your life. Like that's not realistic advice for most people. And I think that's where a lot of people get very frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've dealt with anxiety for the majority of my life and I've managed to get it more under control. And as a mom, it's actually been interesting noticing now I don't have as much time to utilize my tools and things. And I've noticed a lot of old tendencies coming back in, but you know, if someone's in a highly anxious state and to tell them to just relax or don't worry about it, or think positive thoughts, that's really diminishing their experience that they're having. And especially when these things are manifesting in the body, we can't just like positively self-talk our way out of it. We actually have to work with the body. Yeah, totally. And like, I mean, that kind of can get into the whole idea of like toxic positivity and like just trying to like ignore things and just layer on positive things over the top, which we know just doesn't work. A hundred percent. And, you know, I, um, some, if any of your readers or listeners are listening to this and are, you know, their interest is getting peaked, some really great resources. There's two great books. Um, when the body says no by Dr. Gabor Mate mm-hmm. and the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk. I think I always butcher his name. Um, but they're really fascinating books on how our bodies actually internalize all of these cognitive and emotional things that we do just push to the side. So every time we try to like affirmation ourselves out of um, a stressful or difficult moment, or when we numb ourselves through substances or even running, sometimes that was an escape mechanism for me for many years that manifests in our bodies as chronic injury, chronic illness, chronic fatigue. And so that's where the other side of breath work can come into as well as like actually creating a safe container for those emotions and those things to come out. That is, yeah. I mean, that is so huge though, too. And I mean, I completely agree with you that I, the, the emotional and the mental things totally manifest themselves physically in our bodies. Like, and I saw it all the time when I was a practicing physical therapist, you know, people would come in with all sorts of chronic neck pain, back pain, you know, knee pain, all sorts of things. And so much of it, like I, when I just started to kind of get down to the root of it, there was so much of an emotional, like mishmash and like inter, you know, woven within that pain story of theirs. 
like it was so powerful just to be someone to like listen like for a lot of these patients you know you wouldn't think that like listening would help cure people's pain but it literally did because for a lot of them especially people that are caught in this chronic pain cycle they go from doctor to doctor to doctor and they get all of the things like you said you were doing like the physio the chiro the acupuncture all these things that quote unquote should be helping that isn't actually getting to the source of what's going on with them Mm-hmm. And what I learned through that journey was that, um, you know, if we do experience the injury, so yes, I did have an issue with my IT band in the beginning, right. but I also continue to push myself to run like that quest to figure it out. And I did half marathons, I did triathlons and I figured out my walk run ratio and how mm-hmm. long I could do that for. So I could still do these races and not be in a ton of pain or how much Advil I should take before. Like there was very much a, an ego and a not wanting to listen to my body through that. And so my body then continued to associate running with pain. Even when the injury was no longer there, my nervous system went into high alert because it was like, "Mm -mm, this is usually something that causes pain and discomfort. So that's why those pain neurons continued to fire. Even when the inflammation wasn't there, my glute strength had been addressed. My alignment was restored. All of those things. That is so interesting. So can we just back up for a second? Can you kind of give, since you are an expert in the nervous system and regulating the nervous system, can you kind of give our listeners kind of an overview of like how this all works? Because this is all sounding like kind of like a miracle, right? Like right now is like the way that you're explaining it is kind of like, well, you know, you can do all these other things or you can just breathe and have all your pain go away, (laughs) right? Like, which sounds amazing. So how does all of this work? Like from a scientific background? For sure. And you know what I'll say, it's a both and situation, right? I I don't think that, you know, breath work is like the magical pill for, for all of, all of the things, right. Right. Um, it's just one holistic puzzle. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll give like a really brief overview of the nervous system. So within our bodies, um, we have our nervous system and our central nervous system is our brain and our spinal cord. And then we have our peripheral nervous system. And that's where all of the nerves come from the spinal cord and they go out into all of the limbs and the organs and all of the different parts of our bodies. In our peripheral nervous system, one branch of that is the autonomic nervous system. And so the autonomic, we could think of it as the automatic nervous system. It is the part of our nervous system that's responsible for all of the things that happen in our bodies that we don't have to think about. And, you know, if you take a moment to just think of everything that's going on in your body right now, without you even having to consciously think about it, like your, your digestive system is working. Our heart rates are adjusting based on our stimuli. You know, I'm talking right now, I'm doing an interview. I'm not wanting to mess up. So my heart's a little bit going a little bit faster. Um, Our breathing rate, our breathing rate, we can control it, but it does happen automatically as well. And then when we take this autonomic branch of the nervous system, we have the sympathetic branch and we have the parasympathetic branch. The sympathetic branch is what's often labeled as our fight or flight response. So this is the part of our body that may be sympathetic towards something that requires um, a stress response from us and helping our bodies get ready for that. It's often one that is kind of villainized in the world. We say that we spend too much time in fight or flight and we need to get out of it. But 
the reality is, is that we, we want our sympathetic nervous system to work because that's what's working when you're going for a run. That's what's working. If you are driving and you almost get T-boned by someone and you move your car out of the way, like the sympathetic nervous system is really, really important. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is our uh, parasympathetic nervous system. And this is like the slowdown portion of the nervous system. So this is what gets us into a state of restoration and repair. This is what allows us to digest our food efficiently. This is what helps us just kind of be a little bit more chill. Um, And again, the conversation around the nervous system is often grossly oversimplified because we've kind of put the parasympathetic nervous system on a pedestal, but we can also have too much parasympathetic activation and that can show up as being stuck in like a freeze state. Um, some things that are often just like blanketly diagnosed as depression can actually be a sign of too much parasympathetic activation. Hmm. So what we want in a healthy, well-regulated nervous system is the ability to go back and forth between these two states to go up into a sympathetic state when the stressor is there and come down into parasympathetic when the stressor is no longer present. What tends to happen is that in our busy world, we, as we talked about, we have so much stress and there's so much going on that we go up into parasympathetic and then we get stuck up there. Um, We have all of these stress hormones. So the cortisol, the adrenaline, the norepinephrine, all of those are coursing through our bodies. And because stressors rarely go away and because our bodies are used to looking for the next stressor, especially if we dealt with a lot of different experiences in our childhood, we stay in that activated state. Our bodies can only stay in that state for so long. And for some folks, it's days, for some it's weeks, for some it's months, for some it's years. Different bodies can tolerate this for different lengths of time, but then eventually we crash. Mm -hmm. And that's when we experience burnout. That's when we might start to notice different chronic health issues, um, different injuries, pains, things that we can't seem to get to the root of. Mm-hmm. And that's also when we tend to get into that kind of like immobile, I can't, I can't get myself up to do things. I'm feeling, um, you know, when I experienced burnout as a runner, it was like, oh, I know I should go for a run. I know it makes me feel better, but I just, I can't seem to get myself up and doing it. Yeah. You just and don't have energy for it. Totally. No energy, no motivation. The things that you enjoyed just don't seem appealing. And that's because the nervous system, it goes into all of those organs, it goes into all of our tissues, into all of our limbs, and it can cause tension, it can cause holding patterns in different ways, it can cause some organs to not um, work in an optimal manner. Mm -hmm. And so not just through breath work, because breath work isn't right for every single person at every stage of their journey. But if we can begin to support the body on the level of the nervous system. We can start to ease some of those stress hormones that are constantly flooding the body and to essentially let the system just settle again so that it's not (gasps) holding on and waiting for the next shoe to drop or being prepared for the next thing that's going to happen, which inevitably is going to lead to pain and injury and discomfort uh, within the body. And it's so funny, like, because I feel like our world, the way that it's set up right now is just, it's so set up for us to be in that constant state, right? Like because of the constant news that's like hitting our phone and the notifications that are hitting our phone, like all of these things always is had like our body is constantly in this like state of alert, right? Because of like all everything that's coming at us on any given day. 
A hundred percent. Like I remember when the pandemic first started, um, I was still doing personal training. I was working in person and I was constantly checking the news, like refreshing, refreshing to find mm-hmm. out, am I going to have to close the gym? Am I going to have to right. like, what am I going to have to do? And fortunately I was able to recognize what my body was going into. And I was like, okay, I just need to step back. I told my mom, I was like, you let me know if there's anything I need to know. Cause I know you're watching all of this. Yep. Um, but so, so many people aren't even able to recognize that response in their bodies because we haven't been taught how it's not language that we've been utilizing. And the people who are teaching us about our bodies are also in a very highly activated state. So we're not learning how to recognize when we're getting into this like fight or flight mode, but when we can start to recognize that it can allow us to take a step back for a moment and to perhaps change some behaviors or to reach out for support or to just like take a deep breath. Um, but having that awareness to recognize when we're getting into that is a really big first step. So what kind of things should we look for? Like, how can we recognize if we are in that heightened state? Yeah, it manifests different for everybody, but some examples of some, some of the clients that I've worked with that I'll give is one of them is like constantly busy, like cannot sit still. And of course, there are people who do have greater energy capacities or little energizer bunnies. But when it's like, go, 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 go from the moment they wake up at 5 a.m. until when they go to bed at 10 p.m. at night. And the thought of sitting still creates a sensation of discomfort or restlessness in the body. That's something to look at, you know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty, guilty. Like I'm one of those people for sure that like, if I'm sitting still, like, I feel like I should be doing something. A hundred percent. And I, I totally resonate with you too. And it's been interesting to be able to witness the difference. And we, we can't always from an outsider looking in, we don't always know, right? Because I've had states where I've been really well regulated, but I've been so passionate about what I'm doing. And so there is a lot of output and I am on the go, but it feels really grounded inside. And when I need to pause and take a break for lunch, that's fine. Um, whereas Ariana, like five or six years ago, like, uh, uh-uh, I did not want to be alone with myself alone with my thoughts. Um, you know, if I wasn't doing anything, what does this mean about me? All of that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're, when you're running your own business, you know, like when you're running your own oh. business, there's something that you can always be doing. Right. Like, and that's 100%. like what, what our brain wants to tell us is like, well, you should be doing this or you should be doing that, or you should be checking on your clients or, you know, there's always something literally always something. <laughs> yeah. so, that's a really, um, a really like tangible one. Um, but other things that we can look out for are like persistent injuries, persistent pain. So again, these kind of inexplicable things that are happening in the body, if you've gone to see the different practitioners and they're like, well, everything looks good. Um, or if you're dealing with like chronic, uh, digestive issues, if you are constantly tired and you're always just fueling with more caffeine or just dragging yourself through it, there's a, a indicator that there may be something going on with your nervous system. And again, it's not always, but right. it's something worth looking at if you're not finding solutions in the first means that you're going through. Yeah. It's just like one of those flags that, that will kind of alert you of like, maybe you should take a look in this area. Totally. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, cool. So, so if we then decide that, okay, there's a possibility that I could be in a heightened state now, what do we do about it? 
Mm -hmm. Good question. So <laughs> this is one of the things, and I, I don't, I know we love like a six step process in our, I know, well, especially as runners, right? We're used to like right. a training plan. It's like, I have a goal and I have to hit my mileage and this, this, and this, and these are the exercises I need to do. It's like all laid out. It's very step-by-step yeah. step and very methodical. Week one, we're doing this. Right. Week exactly. We're doing this. Right. And unfortunately with the nervous system, we don't have that. And I believe too, that even with runners, it's beneficial to take that plan and then have it fit you in your unique lifestyle. hundred percent. And it's the same thing with regulating your nervous system. You know, we are all going to respond differently to different things because our nervous system has had its own journey with us throughout its life. Some really basic things that we can start with though, first, just cultivating that awareness. Like I said, um, something else that can be really beneficial if, if this doesn't cause discomfort in the body, sometimes for folks like focusing on the breath, like when we talk about meditating and stuff that can cause more anxiety and more overwhelm in the body. So this may not be for everyone, but if we can, um, take some long, slow, deep breaths where essentially our exhale is longer than our inhale. Mm -hmm. That's really great at bringing the nervous system down within the moment. It's not going to like fully regulate us and heal our nervous systems, but you know, maybe you almost get into a car accident and you're like, oh, like everything was fine, but you're feeling that mm -hmm. if we can take say like a three or a four second inhale and a seven to an eight second exhale and do that for a few times, that's going to start to bring the body down. Okay. And that's a great, like in the moment practice. Mm -hmm. Um, something else that we can do, which is often just labeled as mindfulness, but in the nervous system world, we refer to it as orienting and it, you're essentially orienting yourself to your environment. Okay. So for me here, like I'm looking out my window, I see some trees, I can see something hanging on my wall and I can see some shadows that are being cast by it. Really just taking time to like fully take in what is in your surroundings. And you can do this for like a minute or two, mm -hmm. take a look behind you, like let your nervous system know that you're safe and there's no danger mm -hmm. because our bodies are still very primitive. We know there's no tigers chasing us, but our bodies don't know that yet. And if you look at an animal, when, um, if they hear a noise, they're going to look up and they're going to look around, scan their environment, and then they'll see that there's nothing going on. And then they'll go back to like eating grass or whatever. So we need to let our bodies do the same thing. So, so is that, is that similar to, um, a technique they called that's called grounding as well. It's kind of like getting yourself more into like the present moment and like activating your, your senses. Yeah, definitely. There's so many different ways that you can do this. There's one, and I, I always butcher it, but I think it's like, look for five things, um, hear five things and touch five things. That's so funny that you mentioned that one. That's one that I've used with my kids, like at night, like I learned this through some sort of like, it was forget where, where I learned it, but it was like, um, when you're lying in bed, especially if they're like, you know, that's always when kids want to talk. <laughs> it's always when they're like, they have a million things that they want to tell you. Right. Um, that was one of the practices is, was five, four, three, two, one. I think it was, mm. um, five things you saw four things you heard. I could, I forget which one's which. And then like, you know, you go down to, and like you activate one for every single sense, three things that you can feel two things you smell one thing you can taste like, and have them just activate their senses and be Amazing. become aware of that. And it, it was always very helpful for my girls. 
I love it. Yeah. It's, it's a really great practice. So that's something that you can use. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the topic of grounding, there's a point in between our big toe and our little toe on, on the bottom, on the bottom of our foot. Okay. And when you're standing, if you can draw your attention down to that point between big toe and little toe, Mm -hmm. it starts to draw the energy down in your body. So Mm -hmm. if you're like really spiraling up in your head, taking some time to just connect to that point on the feet is really, really great for grounding as well. Hmm, That's interesting. Uh, It just made me kind of think of too, like sometimes I have runners that have pain in that spot um, Mm. that seemingly popped out of nowhere. Is that connected to like higher levels of stress in some way? Interesting. It would definitely be worth exploring for Hmm. sure. That's, that's Um, very interesting. Cause yeah, that's like you know, a common site for like neuromas and those kinds of things as well. Mm-hmm. Like right there, but underneath, like at the base of the second and third toe, right on the ball of the foot there. Okay. So this is really interesting. And you know, what I will say is like, sometimes a pain really is a pain. Sometimes we do yeah. have something totally. going on with the muscle and the bone. Um, but whenever I have a client who, you know, when I was doing personal training and they're like, oh, this spot's uncomfortable. Um, or in a breath work session, if they experience tension in say like the lower left side of their back, well, I know that the left side of the body is associated with the feminine side of the body and the right side is associated with the masculine side, the lower back area, um, that's going to be close to our root and our sacral chakras. So if there's something going on on the left side, could it be connected to receiving? Are you having difficulties receiving the help that maybe you're wanting around the house or things like that? Mm. For me, like my right side of the body, it's all jacked up. (laughs) That's masculine, the like, go, go, go do all the things. Yeah. How I lived for the majority of my life was I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to work hard. And so it's really fascinating to see how these things can play out. And again, there's not always something, but it is definitely, you know, for those of us who work as coaches, but even for individuals themselves who have an understanding of this to be able to just be curious and to ask some questions and to see where they might lead us. I love that so much. Like, it's so true. Like, cause like you said, a lot of times when we learn new things like this, we can like go off the deep end and be like, oh my gosh, this is like a deep rooted thing. That's been meaning that like, I'm not getting the help I receive or whatever, you know, that, that I need. But like you said, sometimes a pain is just a pain, but like, it is just, I love, I love how you said earlier, how breath work is just another tool, right? Because that's really what all of this is. And like, that's really how we are going to be the healthiest versions of ourselves is just taking all of these tools and figuring out how they work for us. And like, when something doesn't seem to make sense, when it doesn't seem to respond to kind of the typical treatment or the, you know, the first couple um, stages of treatment, having that ability to look at it a little bit differently and getting a little bit more curious and saying, okay, like, is there something deeper going on here is such a powerful um, tool for us to use, but just as runners and as human beings. A hundred percent. And you know, what I want to say about these tools as well, um, that breath that I shared with like the long exhale, as I said, that's a great in the moment kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but we can look at our training or our regulating of the nervous system as we would training for a marathon. So we don't just do our long run on marathon day. We do our runs and we do our strength training and our recovery exercises 
on the time leading up to our marathon. And yeah. so we want to treat our tools that we use to support our nervous systems in the same way. It's almost like we're training ourselves for when those big stressful moments do happen and we don't get as activated. There's slightly mm-hmm. less of a fight or flight response. And then over time as well, as we're consistent with it, any of that stored survival stress that is in the body, it'll start to dissipate it and to allow our bodies to come back to a state of balance. That's so cool. So, okay. So step one would be bringing awareness to it, right? Like Mm -hmm. kind of like anything, like you were saying, and I, I love what you were talking about, like customizing this right to every single individual. Cause that's totally how we look at training plans again as well. Like we don't believe in like generic plans. We believe in like giving you some tools and kind of a structure and a skeleton and then helping our athletes figure out, okay, what's best for me? Like, how do I assemble a training plan in the way that's best for my body, my goals, my experience? Same thing with what you're saying. At least that's what I'm hearing, right? Is like, here are the tools of breath work. Okay. So first let's bring some awareness to the situation. Second, let's practice some deeper breathing, right? Like learning how to exhale for longer than we inhale. That would be like a really good first step to go. Um, What are some other things besides those two things. I think that those are two very good places for us to all start, right? Like even if we have been exposed to this before, I think it's one of those things that we can always just like, again, come back to right over and over again and kind of see like check having those check-ins with ourselves, like on a daily basis, right. That, okay, my life is different today than it was three weeks ago, right? Like, am I still responding in a way that I'm conditioned to, or am I being consciously aware of how I'm responding to my daily life? A hundred percent. And within that check-in, there's a great tool called the window of tolerance. Um, It's something that's often used in therapeutic settings and it's a scale from zero to 10. And from like the, between the three and the four. So essentially from like three to seven, if we can identify that we're sort of in there, that's like a pretty balanced, well-regulated state. But if we're in like the one, two, three, that's usually when we're in a state of hypo arousal. So we're in kind of that like shutdown or freeze mode. Okay. And then the eight, nine, 10 is when I'm in like a highly activated state. So I'm in that fight or flight. And if we can make a point of just checking in with ourselves each day, you know, where in my window of tolerance am I? How do we, how do we tell that? I would just say that it's, it's like a a check-in with yourself and your body. So again, if we're feeling that like, like really jittery, anxious, um, can't sit still kind of thing, we're likely going to be on that higher end. Okay. If I am feeling really sluggish, if I'm feeling like really heavy, tired and not like I had a bad sleep kind of tired, but like, it's really hard to get my body up and moving, or it's hard to get myself to do things. Like I'm not feeling motivated. That's going to be on the lower end of that. Okay. That's a great part of that, um, daily check-in that you'd mentioned there. So if that's our step one is having that awareness. Step two is bringing in some deeper breaths. Step three can be that orienting that I talked about. So taking time every single day and maybe for some folks like having it at a set time. So, you know, in the morning I do my orienting, I like take five minutes, familiarize myself with my surroundings, let my system settle, even just for those five minutes in the day. Like that's a really great third step. Um, to go from there, if we were to take a fourth step, um, or it could be like a 3.5 step, another really great body practice, especially for runners, because running, um, we do release a lot of cortisol when we run and our cortisol is released by our adrenal glands. Right. Um, So if you think of the kind of the mid to lower back area of your body, 
um, we have these two little glands or we have these two organs, um, our kidneys, and they look like a little bean. And then on top of our uh, kidney sits our adrenal gland. So it's like a little bean wearing a hat. Um, <laughs> That's a fun visual. Right. What I like to invite my clients to do is to place their hands on the areas where their kidneys are. So like the kind of mid to lower back area on either side of the body. And, you know, this will be easier for some folks than others, but if you do have a stronger kinesthetic awareness, if you can just start to imagine that little bean wearing a hat inside your body there, where your hands are placed. So it's like, we're kind of um, applying our hands right onto that organ. And now oftentimes when we are in a really stressed state or we're really activated, our kidneys can hold some tension. They're almost tightened and lifted up higher within the back. And so if we can bring our, our awareness to these kidneys, and if we can maybe direct some breath into there, if that feels right, if that feels available, and if, if that doesn't feel right, maybe we can just start to envision them softening a little bit. So if those kidneys, if we think of like a tightened and shortened muscle and what it's like when a muscle relaxes and elongates, it's kind of what we want to think about with our kidneys here, just letting them soften. They don't have to hold on to so much anymore. You can let them get a little bit heavier and perhaps drop a little bit lower into our back. Maybe we can notice the sensation of our hands on our back, on our back of the body here. And just notice what comes up for this, how this feels to be placing our hands in our bodies in this way. And then if it feels available now, maybe taking some longer breaths. And holding that conscious awareness of the breath also the contact between hands and body, maybe on those softer and heavier kidneys. Then when you feel complete from this, you can bring your hands away from your body, maybe thank your body for all that it does for you. That was cool. Thank you for leading us through that. Yeah, kind of impromptu. I would, it's cool. Don't be driving while you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should put a disclaimer on that before when I go back and edit this. Like, make sure you're not running or driving as you're doing this activity. <laughs> and if you are running or driving, because I know that a lot of our listeners do listen on their runs, go back to this point and, and just try that exercise when you are in a place of, of rest and you can actually like close your eyes and get into it. Um, because that's, that's a really cool thing. I did, I sat here and did it. I don't know if I'm going to post this record, this video recording or not. I might, but, um, <laughs> but that was cool. It like a, a kidney with a little hat on it. I've never had that visual before. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, the, the more you do it as well, there's, there's a lot of talk about embodiment these days. Like it's a very trendy word and embodiment really at its core is about being in your body. And even for folks who are as connected to their bodies as runners, as professional athletes, as weekend warriors, you know, we can still be disconnected from our bodies. 
And so taking time to feel that physical boundary of your body, like here are my arms, here's where I begin and end and the world begins and ends. Yeah. That in itself can be really powerful. And then if we can begin to take that awareness inside and actually visualize like where those organs are, um, visualize where your heart is feeling your lungs and your rib cage and your diaphragm moving as you breathe, mm-hmm. that's really going to help to increase your spatial awareness when you're running, but also increase your capacity for more running and for your recovery. That's really cool. I like that idea a lot too, because like, sometimes I know that like when I've tried meditation in the past, like my brain does not want to shut off. Right. Like you you try to do the, you know, put your thought on a cloud and let it fly away or put your thought, you know, do these other things or just notice your thoughts and don't judge them in this. But I feel like, um, you know, some, and sometimes my brain is on board and sometimes it is totally not right. But like having that technique where you kind of like, okay, I'm just going to envision my heart right now. I'm just going to envision my lungs right now and kind of like doing a body scan as you're breathing. That can be like a really powerful tool and visual as well, especially if you're someone like me that has a hard time kind of shutting your brain off during meditation. Totally. It gives you something to focus on. Um, Even the orienting of like eyes being open, that still is a type of meditation. A meditation purist might disagree, but you know, we really are giving ourselves the chance to slow down, but we're giving our minds something to anchor into and to do essentially so that we, we don't get stuck in our thoughts or disassociate. Yeah. I like to meditate a lot of times too. And and like you said, a meditation purist might not agree that this is meditation, but like just going on a walk. Right. And like when I'm on a walk, just being able to notice the sun, the clouds, the trees, like just like noticing different aspects and elements that are around me or the sounds that I'm hearing, like the cars driving by or, you know, the dog that's barking in that yard and just trying to become present in whatever environment I'm in while I'm on the walk. And like, I think that that moving also helps my brain a little bit too. Like it feels like I'm actually doing something, which I know I'll I'll work on. I'll work on more of the, like, you know, being able to sit still. Um, but like just bringing yourself into that present moment, like I've found myself, like it's opened up my brain to receive, you know, more information like that intuition, right? Like that we talk about, like being able to connect to ourselves or to God or to the universe or to um, whatever higher power you believe in, like it's meditation and and kind of the breath work and all of this becoming more present and embodied, like you were saying, um, does kind of open you up to receive more of that. And that's one of the things I've found on when I've tried to, to practice this as well. Mm, so beautifully said. And, you know, in that connection to that something greater, whatever word resonates with you, even just being here in these bodies, living this life, like this in and of itself is super wild. When you can really feel into like, wow, my body does all of these things. And there are millions and trillions of cells, each with their own little universes inside of them. You know, if like, I get emotional thinking about it. If you're out for a run and you're maybe in your favorite neighborhood or you're out in nature and you're connecting to the trees around you and you're connecting to the ground beneath you and you can really tap into everything that's happening within your body to make that possible, like what a miracle that is. And how, like, what a gift to ourselves to be able to drop into such a deep state of presence, to be able to experience that without needing to like go to India and go on a yoga retreat or anything like that, right? Like these powerful experiences are available to us at all times. If we allow ourselves the space to slow down and really drop into it. 
Oh, God, I love that. That's so, it's so, so true. And I would like to extend a little challenge to our listeners to maybe when you finish this podcast episode, instead of like just letting it go on to the next one or putting on some music, maybe take that time. If you have a few minutes left in your run, taking time to just check in with yourself, right? And if it's not on this run, maybe it's on one of your other runs this week is taking time without the, the earphones in to just you know, tap into your body, feel what's going on, notice your surroundings, you know, allow your brain to freak out that, you know, you're not listening to something right now. Like I know mine does sometimes, right? Because I'm always like, well, I should be learning something or I should be, you know, using this time uh, more uh, productively, but like understanding that checking in and taking this time is one of the most productive things that we can do, especially with what you've taught us in this episode is that, you know, being able to slow down and check in with ourselves can literally take us from a heightened state of sympathetic nervous system activation back down into a more regulated state, which can help to decrease our injury risk. It can help to decrease chronic pain in the body. It can help us feel better as runners. It can help us perform better. And like she, like Ariana said, it's not a miracle, but it's definitely something that like, if we can use this very simple thing to improve the way we feel and improve our ability to perform and achieve our goals, why wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. Well said. (laughs) Oh, this has been so, so good. Like, thank you so much for all the amazing things you have shared with us today. So um, if you were to leave our listeners with, you know, one thing that you want them to kind of take away from this episode, or there's one thing that you wanted to, to add in that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet, what would that be? Yeah, I think what I just want to say is that your body has the ability to heal itself your body wants to be in a state of balance. And I can speak from experience that, you know, sometimes when we're dealing with these persistent injuries, it can feel as though our bodies are working against us and that we're kind of at war with our bodies. But the reality is, is that if we can slow down and really listen to what our bodies are trying to communicate to us, we can actually see that they're trying to help us. They, they want us to be able to do the things that we want to do. They want to support us. They want to carry us through these things. Sometimes we just need to give them some help. And it's really great to have practitioners and things and tools. And, you know, I've seen like those alter G treadmills, like all of the cool tools and technologies that you can use. Yeah. And your body holds so much healing capacity within itself. So I I don't want you to discredit the power that you hold to be able to support yourself in, in reaching your goals and feeling really, really great while you do it. Yeah. It's all about like giving ourselves that power back, right? Like, and not thinking that the answer is with, is is outside of ourselves always. Like sometimes it is right. Sometimes we need some help and, and it's fantastic when we can recognize that there are times that we do need help, but understanding how much power we actually do have within us is so, so important as well. A hundred percent. I love that so much. So Ariana, how can our listeners connect with you if they want to learn more about you and what you do, or maybe even work with you um, to, so, cause you help people to, to do this, right. To regulate their nervous system. You're a, you're a coach. I do. Yes. Okay, um, yes. So how can they connect? Sorry, go ahead. I said, I'm a coach and a breathwork facilitator. So lots of tools within. Very cool. So how can they connect with you if they want to learn more or work with you? 
Yeah, I would say either my website or Instagram would probably be the main hubs. I'm definitely super active on Instagram. Um, I have a very uninstagrammable name, Ariana Fontanakis, um, but I don't know if you'll put the links in the show notes. But I will for sure. Find me there. My website's the same, ArianaFontanakis.com. Okay. And I do have a few videos on my YouTube channel talking about nervous system health. And I have some more that I'm in the process of getting ready to upload. So if you want to just nerd out and learn a little bit, um, you can check me out on YouTube as well, again, under Ariana. Fantastic. And I will definitely, you guys will see her name in the, in the title of this episode as well. So if you are curious of the spelling, um, but we will of course have all of those links in on the show notes page um, for you to connect with her as well. So thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, I'm so happy that we had you on and um, yeah, I hope that we can maybe figure out a way to, to do it again sometime. Yeah, it was super fun. Thanks so much for all having me. Right. All right. So that was awesome. And I'm sure you guys got a ton of value from this episode with Ariana. Reach out to her. Okay. If you guys are interested in any of the stuff that she shared with us today or possibly working with her, we'll have all of her information in the show notes today. So as always, guys, thank you for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 258. Share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media, leave us a review and a rating, and get out there and run your life. 